It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my fellow CFPs and friends, not in that order, <laughs> Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Uh, if you have an HSA, you're probably already aware of the two traditional methods of contributing to that account. That's out of your paycheck and out of pocket. But did you know that there's also some other more creative ways to contribute? We're going to unpack those for you on today's episode of the Wise Money Show. That's right. Getting geeky. We love it. We love it. If you have a question for the program, we would love to hear from you. If you have any needs or just, you know, have any concerns about your own situation, we're here to help as well. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us. And also submit questions that way. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. HSA, I was just sharing before we started recording. I, You know, I'm getting old. And I remember teaching the HSA concept to a local business, to this small employer. They had, I don't know, 10 employees. And I remember teaching it way back in the day and having them just look at me like I was an absolute idiot. I don't want this high deductible health plan. Why are you trying to tell me about these tax benefits? Give me the insurance that the teachers have. That's, that's, they didn't say that, but they said it with their eyes. Like, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is what I was interpreting. And now here we are, fast forward, and, and the HSA is almost like a premium feature now. There's more and more high deductible health plans out there that are not HSA eligible. Right. And uh, and so getting the HSA, having the option of having an HSA, yeah, that'd be sweet. But truthfully, it is in a pretty unbelievable tax benefit. So we're going to talk about some unique funding strategies, but let's at, at least share, like, wh- how does the HSA even work? So, well, an HSA is, is a, a type of a savings account that lets you set aside money on a pre-tax basis for qualified medical expenses. That's the 30-second definition that you wanted, Mike. And, <laughs> and it doesn't really, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked someone, well, they were talking about health insurance, and I said, well, what type of health insurance do you have? And they say, oh, I have an HSA. No, that actually is not the type of health insurance that you have. If you want to make someone mad, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that should be your response. No, excuse me, sir. That is not an HSA plan. No, no, That's no. That's a high but, deductible but, health plan. But, you know, the, 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 the fun thing about kind of geeking out is we get to have our own little pet peeves. Like, like you know, if someone, you know. An, the, an IRA. Okay. An no, IRA. Kevin's pet peeve is going to a conference and having someone say that they do, they're a financial planner. Um only to find out that they really just sell annuities for a bank or something. Yeah, right. And he calls them out every single time. Oh, I, I love that about oh, Kevin. Gosh. Oh, I <laughs> or, or, never let one of those slide no. by. <laughs> I know. And, or to hear that you know someone's like the like the endorsed uh, you know favorite firm of a of a local university and realize all these guys are doing is selling annuities. Yeah. Right. 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 So yeah, I mean that is that that's a little. You're on a mission to correct everyone's language, aren't you? I I really am, and it, so it's not it's it, not an HSA that you have. It's a high deductible plan that happens to be HSA eligible. Correct. Right. So if it's HSA eligible, that means that I can therefore fund an HSA account. 
And so... Uh, <laughs> Do I need to correct you right now? Your health savings account account? Yes. Oh, okay, so good. I can fund that. And so there are, there are various limits, and it, there's a, a limit whether I'm single or married, and if I'm before 55 or after 55. And it's also triple tax qualified. That's Whoa. exactly where I wanted there's to go as well. triple tax Come benefit on. where... Others are typically just two tax benefits or, or maybe one. But Yeah, this is why it's one of our favorite tax shelters that exists out there. Uh, it's one of the tools that your certified financial planner can help you really impact your tax picture, set you up for long-term growth potentially in an, in an account. But when we say triple tax benefit, we're saying the contributions that you make give you a tax savings. The growth in the account doesn't get taxed. And then it's tax-free when it comes out as long as you use it for qualified medical expenses. Three times, basically for the life of those dollars, from the time you earned them and contributed them, the time you let it grow, and the time you eventually use it to uh, help with medical expenses, it's never taxed. It's one of the only tools in the tax code that, that you have that benefit, that triple tax benefit. So we're going to talk about some unique funding strategies, if you will, some advanced funding strategies. But we don't want that to overshadow our favorite funding strategy for most of you. And, and that is contributing out of your paycheck. Now, as Josh mentioned, the traditional ways to contribute to your HSA is either out of your paycheck or out of your pocket. Um, but of the two, out of your paycheck, if you're able to do that, offers an additional tax benefit. That's right. Because when you contribute to your HSA out of your paycheck, your employer is withholding that or withdrawing that out of your, your wages and setting it aside into the HSA for you. You get not only federal income tax savings and state and local income tax savings, you also save on FICA tax or payroll taxes, as we would often say. So 7.65% of each paycheck that you earn from your employer um, is taxed. This is how you pay into the Medicare system, into Social Security, that sort of thing. And uh, it's happening out of every paycheck, whether you give attention to it or not. But the HSA to my knowledge, it's the only thing that you can contribute to that goes in before that FICA tax is calculated for you. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're saving three types of taxes now. Uh, again, federal, state, and local, and then the, the FICA tax. Now, you're giving something up as well. And for most financial advisors, for most individuals, what you give up is, uh, is, not, is not much. It's not worth um, you know, you know, giving up the benefit for this. But just to point it out... Some people have gotten very frustrated when you point this out. And that is if, if that money that you're contributing to your HSA right out of your paycheck is pre-FICA, then that means that income is not counting in your Social Security calculation. Okay, If you're not paying in on the, you know, let's say six grand that you contribute into your HSA out of your paycheck, if that you're not paying Social Security tax on, then it's not counting towards your earnings in your social security calculation. I don't think that makes that's going to make a significant difference no in your in your calculation though. Nope. Nope. So so just be aware of that. All right, so if you have the option contributing out of your paycheck, small business owners greater than what is it? 2%, 2% shareholder. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes they we're the bearer of bad news because as they come into our office and we're looking and saying, "Oh, you're funding your HSA out of your paycheck." That technically is not 
allowed because you're an owner in this in this company. Yeah, well, our system of voluntary compliance, uh, that voluntary compliance may not be so voluntary after these 89,000 agents uh, go through their years of training on, on how to find these things. But I mean, the, the, complying with the tax code, uh, even people that want to struggle to get it right. So you just have to know what the rules are. And there's nothing logical about the rules. Yeah, and don't hear us say that, oh, if you're an employer, if you're an owner of a business, you can't contribute to an HSA at all. We're just saying that you can't use the paycheck method that your employees are allowed to. You still have the ability to contribute uh, out of pocket, as we would say, or basically taking dollars that you've already received, you've got maybe sitting in another bank account, you can transfer that, write a check into whatever kind of deposit you need to make, but take those dollars and contribute a lump sum or a periodic sum, and uh, that's how you can fund your HSA. You're still allowed to contribute the maximum amount. Um, if you're an individual, what is it, 3850 bucks this uh, year? Yes. And it's 7750 if you're a family. Yep. And for businesses, just, just real quick before we get into the, the four different advanced and unique funding strategies, you know, the, the thought is, if you were paying or contributing to your HSA right out of your paycheck, again, that benefit is you not only save federal and state and local taxes, but you also save FICA taxes. But if you're an S-Corp owner, or, or then the profits from your business also you don't pay self-employment tax or, or FICA tax on as well. So essentially, you could by default receive the same benefit by lowering your salary six grand or seven thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars lowering your salary by that much taking it as a distribution of the profits and you'll achieve the same benefit we've talked about this before because as we've shared this bad news with small business owners they tend to feel like oh, i'm getting taken advantage of and i think the tax rule was written this way because no not not really not really so okay so what are the four unique funding strategies on top of the contributing right out of your paycheck? We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right. Do you have a qualifying high deductible health plan where you can fund an HSA? If so, what are some of the unique or advanced funding strategies you should be considering? We're hitting that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory as well. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online at wisemoneyshow.com and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right. So we've defined an HSA. Who has it? Who doesn't? I don't have the percentages here, but... My guess is it's a larger percentage of the population that has an HSA-eligible high-deductible health plan today versus 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And if you have a, and if you're funding an HSA, if you're eligible, what are some of the advanced funding strategies you should consider? Well, the first one is related to the catch-up contribution. Now, we need to explain how the catch-up contribution works with HSAs because they obviously would make it different than how catch-up contributions work for IRAs and 401ks. But the specific funding strategy, unique funding strategy, is the spousal catch-up contribution for those of you that are married and have a family health plan. So let's first talk about just how the catch-up contribution works. 
with IRAs, 401ks, the year you turn age 50, that's when you're allowed to do the extra catch-up contribution. Not so with an HSA. That's right. You have to be 55. Why? And it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Josh, you said you're feeling a rant. I was just waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're ready <laughs> you're to pounce, aren't you? Oh, my goodness. Why? <laughs> Who knows? Like, why, why can't there be consistency in the tax code? Uh, these, these are important life questions to ponder. I think it I should know. have been 55 and a half. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. Just, just <laughs> will someone write in to the, the year following the year in which you turn fifty-five and a half? So, the, will, will someone write in and give me a logical reason why Congress would have considered this, would have would have made this rule instead of age fifty? Because I haven't found one. So. Reach out to your congressman. Yeah, there you go. Go straight to the source. So, at age fifty-five, that's when you're allowed to do the catch-up contribution to the HSA. So, specifically, the spousal catch-up. So what, what's, why is this a unique strategy? How do these rules work? Well, it, it's an interesting one that can create some problems for some people if you don't know the mechanics of, of how to pull this off, especially if you have a family health insurance plan in place. We just got done saying earlier uh, in the last episode that the contribution limit to an HSA for a family is 7750 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you're over age 55, then you're allowed to contribute an extra 1000 bucks. The problem is, if um, you are the spouse that is carrying that coverage, you know, you're the one that's working for the employer that's providing the group plan and you have the, the, the insurance is in your name, so to speak, then the health insurance uh, savings account, the HSA itself, is also in your name. And the full family contribution can go into that account in your name, except the $1,000 catch up for your spouse has to go into their own HSA. And I think here's, this doesn't make any sense, guys. And I just, it's so irritating that it is set up this way. But your health insurance plan is a family plan, but your HSA is individual. I think that's that's the best way that I can apply some logic to it. Your HSA is individual. Now, so here's in practice how this would work is if you are uh, if you have an HSA eligible high deductible health plan family coverage and the the primary the the employee the employee the individual who has the health insurance benefits is the primary they've got the HSA plan they can contribute the 7750 7750 maximum annual contribution to that plan, then they can put in their own $1,000 catch-up contribution. So yep. they can contribute a total of 8750 into that HSA. The spouse then, who also needs to be age 55 or older, can then go open up their own HSA somewhere else, at a bank, at a, 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 an investment firm, wherever, and contribute an extra $1,000 into that. Therefore, total contributions Nine thousand seven hundred and fifty, but a thousand of it in this straggler account, out yeah. separate from everything else. It, it's illogical. It's inconsistent. You know, we often think of an HSA almost like an IRA for your medical expenses, um, but they didn't follow the IRA rules, where each spouse could have just had their own, and all of each spouse's contributions could have gone into their own. But it is what it is. the The reason that this creates confusion, though, is if you and your certified financial planner discuss how to max out the HSA and you're over age 55, then yeah, what, what did you say? $9,750 $9, is the maximum contribution. 
but you've got to get the logistics right. Otherwise, you're going to go down to your local bank and they're going to tell you, no, no, you can only contribute 8750 Or worse, they let you contribute that much and then you go to do your taxes and they don't let you deduct all of it. And now you've got an excess contribution that could have, have penalties deal with. if That's you right. don't withdraw the dollars. So I have gone to, this was years ago, gone to the bank to fund my HSA and had them tell me that I'm not able to contribute as much as I was able to. And I knew the rules very clearly what the limit was. I, so I, I'm and nothing against banks or the great folks that work there, but they, they don't, I'm assuming they don't do tax planning at all. And therefore knowing some of these rules to be able to guide you to make sure you don't make a mistake or make sure that you optimize it. I, I don't think that's their role. That's right. It's your yeah. certified financial planner's role yeah. to help you know the rules and how to implement it well so that it's consistent with your overall financial plan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what the what the folks at the bank or the credit union will or will not allow you to do is is not connected to the rules at all. Because I had some clients come in and they were uh, 67. They're on Medicare. And they said, well, yeah, we funded the HSA this year uh, when we went to the bank. And I said, well, you guys are on Medicare. You you can't fund it. And they're like, oh, yeah, they, they let us. Right. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Unfortunately, no, no, you can't. no, no. Right. So you go back to your voluntary compliance because all of this is now entangled with your taxes. And, uh, yeah. So, all right. So that's the first creative funding strategy is that catch-up contribution specifically for your spouse. Second advanced or complicated uh, funding strategy for your HSA on the surface sounds amazing. When you actually understand the rules, it is uh, it, it, it loses its luster, okay? And that is funding your HSA from your IRA. Now, who wouldn't want to do this? I've got my IRA where I've contributed pre-tax. It's growing tax sheltered. And when I withdraw the dollars, I'm going to have to pay tax on it. Well, certainly I'm going to withdraw some dollars for medical expenses out there in the future. So I just want to move some of this IRA money, at least the money that I'm going to use for medical expenses, over to my HSA. And that way, I'll be able to withdraw the money tax-free. So a very appealing idea, right? That's right. You would move a bunch of money, Absolutely. wouldn't you? Yeah. To plan ahead for medical expenses in retirement, let the money grow tax-free, as we said. We said that an HSA is triple tax-benefited. You don't pay tax on the contributions, you don't pay tax on the growth, and you don't pay tax when you pull it out for medical expenses. So why wouldn't you want to use IRA dollars? Well, Congress basically gave you a little bit of a benefit when they introduced this rule. They said that, first of all, you're only allowed to do this once in your lifetime. Yep. Not real helpful. Um, also, you're not allowed to just choose the dollar amount, an unlimited amount, to move from your IRA to the HSA. You're still limited in that year that you make this transfer. And it has a name, by the way, if you wanted to look this up. It's a qualified HSA funding distribution. Kind of a mouthful. Okay, That's the type of distribution you're taking out of your IRA. And it's what allows this to not be a taxable event for you, ultimately, if you do it right. But the issue is when you fund this, when you make the transfer, you're limited to whatever the maximum contribution was for that year for you. So in this year, 7750 If you're age 55 or older, then you could do 8750 But that's 
That's the that's the limit. So you can only do this once in your life, and you can only do up to that limit. And it's combined with what you've already contributed, maybe out of your paycheck, and what your employer already contributed. So there's that triple catch right there. Because if you look and say, well, all right, I will do this one year. Well, that means you can't contribute to your HSA out of your pocket. Therefore, you can't get that tax deduction, which is so beneficial. Or if your employer is contributing to your HSA, you need to reduce how much you could contribute to your uh, to your HSA from your IRA. This once in a lifetime, it would need to be reduced to account for that. So it sounds so amazing. We get this question a lot. In reality, in practice, it's not as great as you you want it to be. It's now, horrible. When, when should you consider it? And then what are some other funding strategies? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Have an HSA. How are you funding it? And are you maximizing? Are you optimizing how to use that creative financial instrument in your financial life? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode, as well as a lot of other content, is on the Wise Money YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, turn on notifications so you're aware every time we drop new content where we drop this talk show that airs once a week, but then lots of other content all throughout the work week as well. Over a thousand videos on the YouTube channel, so go check that out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show. Talking about advanced funding strategies with the HSA. First one that we hit was the weird rules around catch-up contributions, but specifically the advanced funding strategy of a spousal catch-up contribution. One thing we didn't hit, guys, is, is it worth it? Opening up a separate account just for your spouse to contribute $1,000? Yes. Yes, it is. It does create complexity, and you want to be aware of the drag of all the financial complexity on your on your overall uh, financial life, but I would do it. I, I would do this. All right, second creative funding strategy also has a drag and uh, yeah it's just a letdown it is because it, it sounds way like it's going to be really great and then there's they've taken all the goodness out of it and that is contributing or transferring money from your ira to your hsa you can only do this once in your life the you are limited in how much you can transfer i.e up to that year's contribution limit and then that counts towards your contribution for that year or the amount that you can put in. So if you transfer money from your IRA, you're not able to also contribute. So when would you do this? When would you not? I would not do it when you have the means to make the contribution and get the deduction. Mm -hmm. Or you're even counting on that deduction to help lower your overall taxable income. You might be in the college funding years or something, and you're on the brink of being able to benefit from some some financial aid, let's say, or if you're on the brink of jumping into a higher tax bracket or losing some tax credits because your income goes just a little bit too high. If you've got a year where you do this transfer from your IRA to the HSA, then you can no longer contribute out of your paycheck or a lump sum amount and no longer that year reduce your taxable income like you normally would have. So you might accidentally put yourself in a position where the tax consequences are kind of painful. So I'm thinking of three scenarios where it maybe would make sense. You're right at the end of your career and you're looking at, okay, I've only got a limited number of paychecks left and I've got a lot of financial opportunities. 
And, you know, maybe you're in the spot where we want to build up as much cash as possible and we're going to live on some cash or we've got a big, big ticket expense right at the beginning of retirement and I want to build up some cash. And therefore, yeah, I would like the tax deduction, but I don't really need it because I'm, I'm in the, I'm close to retiring and I want to build up cash as opposed to, you know, throw it downstream and throw it in an HSA. But I have the ability to fund an HSA. I think that is one option right at the end of your career. Mm-hmm. I think that's a scenario. And my guess is most people don't think about it. The, th- the advantage of waiting until at least past age 55 is that now you can contribute an extra $1,000 when you do this transfer. Yeah, right? a little bit so more. So it's a little bit bigger bucket for you. Yeah. Um, I think on the other bookend, I think a lot of people don't use this opportunity early in their career because they're not aware of it. And they also think, well, I can only do this once in my lifetime. But when you're early in your, in your career, you might not have the cash flow to max out your contribution. And you might have maybe an IRA from an old 401k. And so technically you could shift dollars from your IRA into that HSA, but you you just say, nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And so I think that's the, that's the second and then the third is a medical crisis mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you know you're going to have a lot of out-of-pocket medical expenses and you don't have the cash to get the money into your HSA yet. That has to be the one that Congress had in mind, right? That's the whole reason that they introduced this. And it's you, you hear us saying, boy, our certified financial planner minds are driven crazy by the fact that there's a strategy here and we can't really use it in a, in a way that we would want to with our clients because of the limitations that have been placed. But the, the situation I'm sure that Congress had in mind was someone who um, needs to pay for some medical expenses, doesn't have the money to fund their HSA that year, and has a pool of money built up in an IRA somewhere. And this is a way essentially to get the money out of the IRA into a place where they can use it for the medical expenses and pay no tax in between. And and pay no penalty either because maybe they're under age 59 and a half. Right. So it's it's a solution to a very specific problem when we want it to be a strategy. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But I, I my guess is it applies in that very specific situation more often than it's used. So hopefully yeah. this helps you whether you find yourself in that unfortunate scenario or you know someone or a family member uh, is going through that as well. So, all right. The third advanced funding strategy with your HSA, and I'm going to tell you, this strategy is much less sophisticated than the last couple, okay? It's not as technical. However, we help people with this all the time from during tax season, from the early part of February until April 15, we are pointing this thing out. I'm going to say collectively across all financial professionals at KFG, we point this out once a day, at least during tax season. From beginning of February to the end of March, we point this out. And what is it? It is contributing to your HSA up until your tax filing deadline. So why, why is that even a strategy to point out. It's so simple. Why is it even something to talk about? Well, because if people haven't used their entire coupon, if you will, so if you get to the end of this year, and I actually was just looking at mine, and this year I turned the magic 50, I've already turned 55. So I can do the $1,000 catch-up. 
That's a lot of money for ketchup, but I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, so when you when you look at this, you say, okay, what can I do? I can do seventy eight fifty because I've got the family plan plus another thousand dollars. Well, seventy seven fifty, right? Yeah, yeah, seventy seven fifty. I think that's what I said. And um, so I think so. When you look at that and you say, all right, well, I just looked and I've been on autopilot at six hundred dollars a month. Well, it wasn't long ago when $7,200 was the right amount that I could get in. So now I have to do an extra six fifty. Did I do that wrong? You can't do math I can't on the do radio. Math on the Here, radio. hold my coffee. Yeah, no, no, no. no. So, I, think, I think you're right. So it's actually I'm off by $100. I spend the rest of the day off by 100 bucks Because it's $3,850 <laughs> and $7,750. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, so I, I got to put some extra money in to get caught up. Now, I could do that as I go, or I can do that before April 15th. And and this is where when you look, how much is there any room for improvement before I hit the file my taxes button? And really, this is what you want to be looking at with your tax planner. And it's because your tax preparer likely isn't going to be looking at these strategies. Oh my goodness. Right. No, they like, want to get that tax return done and off their desk and filed and moving on. Right? Because it is done. It's done. Just yeah, sign right. this the thing and over. let's go. Right. Here's your refund and that's it, right? It, as opposed to, hey, did you notice you only contributed 3000 total to your HSA? Well, yeah, that's, you know, my company put in 1500 and I figured I'd put in 1500. I'm not going to have that, you know, more than that in medical expenses this year. No, 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 I know, but you could actually contribute more and get a tax benefit this you know before we file this return. Yeah. And here's here's what I love about it is you can look and say as it stands right now you're getting about a $2000 refund if you maxed out your HSA contribution. Yes, you'd probably need to use some of that refund to make your HSA contribution, but your refund instead of being 2 grand would be I don't know 2500 or 2700 something like that. So you can enhance your refund by pledging, I will do this, and that's then right. you receive your refund, and that's the money you throw in your HSA. That's exactly right. You may have been going through the whole calendar year not able to max out the HSA because cash flow was tight. You were concerned about some other things coming up. Maybe you have other goals that you're trying to achieve. And then all of a sudden, you get to tax time, and you realize, oh, I'm getting a bigger refund than I thought. And that refund can be, as you said, what funds this bigger refund. You yeah. can get more tax savings by just using your tax refund a little bit better. Because what Kevin just referenced, it, a lot of us find ourselves in that situation where I've been funding on autopilot this tax shelter and you know, just over a couple of years, they've changed the contribution limit. So I was max funding it and now I'm coming up a little bit short. Um, and so seeing that on your tax return before you file your return gives you a chance gives you an opportunity to improve your tax situation have more dollars tax sheltered for future medical expenses so make sure you you catch that there's one more advanced funding creative strategy with the hsa we're going to hit that more coming up on the wise money show with corhorn financial group this is wise money with corhorn financial group Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcasts. So if you're into that, and I, I told you a few uh, episodes ago, I'm I'm into one right now. I turned uh, onto it from Kevin Founders. It's yeah. I, it's a crazy concept. 
a individual reads autobiographies or biographies and then talks about them. And I just when you told me that, I'm like, that's dumb. I'm just going to read the book. It's good. It's it's good. So if you're yeah, in if you're it's, into it's, the it's, podcast game, yeah, I mean, having a one sided conversation with the greatest founders in the history of the world, it's pretty awesome. So check that out. But also check out the Wise Money Show while you're there. Subscribe to it as well, and uh, and rate the show. We appreciate that. All right. So we're talking about advanced funding strategies with the HSA. We've shared the confusing, the needlessly confusing catch up contribution. We've shared the IRA to HSA contribution, which should be really sweet, and it's not. And then also the less sophisticated, but oh my goodness, wildly applicable, contributing to your HSA throughout the year, but then making sure you you uh, apply your full contribution, the maximum contribution, up until your tax filing deadline. This last one isn't necessarily a funding strategy per se, but more so a different approach to your HSA that I think will compel more people to fund their their HSA to the maximum or to its full potential. And, and that is using your HSA, what I guess I would just call it, we would call it the shoebox method. So Kevin, what is that? So the shoebox method is I, I, am, you, I am accumulating all of my medical expenses, the receipts for those expenses, qualified expenses, in a shoebox. Now, your shoebox could be an Excel spreadsheet. It could be a uh, file folder. It could be whatever. You do administratively want to have an operating system that allows for this, and you want to have buy-in from the team or whoever would be spending money on qualified medical expenses. But the, the confusing thing is typically you think if I'm going to have an expense, I need to offset that expense in the current year. So think 529. I can't pull money out of my 529 plan for qualified uh, education expense unless it was incurred in that calendar year. So in the year in which the expense was incurred, I have to pull the money out of the 529. I have to match those up, the expense with the distribution from my 529 plan. The HSA works completely different. It's the exact opposite. You basically can accumulate those expenses over your lifetime, and then at some point in time in the future, you can pull a a meaningful chunk of money out. So just, I know we're not supposed to do math on the radio, but if you, over your lifetime, if you uh, accumulated $120,000 of uh, HSA money, because you said, hey, I'm putting the money in and we're paying for stuff out of cash flow. So I'm putting that in, enjoying the, the triple threat, or the triple tax <laughs> deduction, right? And uh, so I, uh, at the end of my lifetime, I've got 120000 of medical expenses that I have accumulated. I've got 120000 in my uh, HSA account. I can pull all of my HSA account out in one year and wipe out those expenses. Yeah. Okay. So that that may be confusing enough, and it's it's probably worth unpacking just a little bit more here because recognize this. Maybe maybe you already understand this of an HSA. The purpose of a health savings account is to provide a place for you to accumulate money that you're going to use to pay medical bills. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the the advantage to you of using this tool instead of just your bank account, your checking account, or or anything like that is this one has some pretty important tax benefits to it. Okay, some tax sheltering. The cool thing is that there's the HSA can be used a couple different ways. 
And, and that is you can use it to fund the medical expenses that you incur throughout the year. You know, as you go to the doctor, as you go to the dentist, the eye doctor, what, whatever, as you have these qualified medical expenses, you can use the HSA to pay those bills if you want to. And if that's the case, then you're essentially using it like all the other bank accounts that you're used to using. And uh, it's a transactional type of an account. It's just, you know, helping to cover the expenses right now, real time. The other option, though, is to not use the HSA for today's expenses uh, or not reimburse yourself for today's expenses. You can do that down the road. And if you do, if you postpone the time when you're going to draw off of this account, you can leave the money in the account and let it grow. And so now all of a sudden, instead of being a transactional account, it can be an investment account. Mm -hmm. It can be a vehicle that behaves an awful lot like your IRA or your Roth IRA or your 401k. You're invested in mutual funds and things that are growth oriented that can allow that pool of money to be much larger out in the future. Kevin was saying 120 grand you could have accumulated by the end of your, your uh, working career, let's say. Could be more, could be, could be less. But the point is that it is growing because it's not being taxed along the way. It's a tax shelter. And when you pull the money out, whether it's in retirement or in the year that you threw the money in, uh, either time, as long as it's coming out to cover medical expenses, qualified medical expenses, it comes out tax-free. And the, the uniqueness of this plan, of this health savings account, is that the medical expenses don't have to happen in the same year that you pull the, the uh, distributions. Or in other words, you can reimbur reimburse yourself years after the fact if you want to. Isn't that crazy? It mm -hmm. is. It's unlike anything else we've ever seen, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you could leave the money in the account, let it grow, let it grow tax-free, and eventually reimburse yourself down the road... Um, allows you to accumulate money faster in this type of an account than you ever would in a bank account or something else. So here's just a real quick example, because Cindy and I are doing this, and it wasn't easy because you're still going to have medical expenses. You still have a high deductible health plan that you've got to come up with the uh, out-of-pocket expenses, and and so it, it it's, it's discipline. That's right. For the, budgeting. the doctor's not willing to wait three decades yeah. to get paid back, yeah. right? <laughs> you have to be able to still pay the medical expenses out of other pockets. So right? here's an example. Uh, Carrington sprained her ankle on the 4th of July, and she plays volleyball and softball. And so, I, she, you know what? When she did it, she rolled her ankle, and she, she was helping out Little Easton's baseball practice. And she she rolled it, and I'm over working with some other kids, and she walks over. I, I'm telling you guys, she looked like she was gonna pass out. Mm -hmm. She looked like she broke her broke her leg, Ugh. and I didn't see what happened. And so she looks like she's gonna throw up or pass out. And I said, "Go to mom, go to the hospital." And they didn't, and thankfully they didn't. But but we took her the next day. Happened to be Fourth of July, and it was it was a high sprain, and so thankfully it, it wasn't worse. But X-ray and doctor visit, 150 bucks. Now. I've got that 150 in my HSA. And I so I've already contributed the 150. I got the tax benefit. I could pull the 150 out and and cover it. Okay. Or I could leave that 150 in there in the HSA and have it invested. And yes, there's a short-term risk that that 150 drops to 75 bucks because it's invested. But leaving it invested for a long enough time and being patient and not overreacting with emotions and all that. That 150 hopefully will grow to 
ten years from now, six hundred dollars, and six hundred two decades from now. At that time, I'm sixty five, and now I've got six hundred dollars, and sure, I can pull out one hundred and fifty and reimburse myself for that uh, X ray and doctor visit that we did on in the morning on Fourth of July, Mm -hmm. right? And so that has that has the uh, you you leverage the power of compound growth and compound interest with your HSA dollars. And the reason it's called a shoebox method is because you're keeping track of those trips to the the doctor's office because of a sprained ankle or the other expenses along the way. You're accumulating them so that when you get out there to retirement or some date in the future and you're ready to finally take the the withdrawal to reimburse yourself, you know how much you're allowed to withdraw. You've got documentation and um, you, you can prove that, that you're eligible. So lastly here, you might say, well, gosh, if, if it grows that much, I'm going to outgrow my medical expenses. Well, there's good news. Number one, I think there will always you be won't. medical expenses. <laughs> That's the one. But two, after age 65, you can withdraw money from your HSA. And if it's not for a medical expense, no problem. You just have to pay tax on that money. It's not penalized. Unlike everything else, if you don't use it for its intended purpose, it's taxed and penalized. With an HSA, once you turn 65, it's treated just like an IRA, but with the extra benefit of if you draw it out to cover medical expenses or reimburse for qualified medical expenses, it comes out tax-free. Big point here, not to go out and execute these complicated strategies by yourself, but work with your CFP. Make sure that you're using the HSA to optimize your financial plan and where these creative strategies may work, work with your CFP to apply them. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. I just am going to go out on a limb and say this is dumb. This is a dumb, this is a dumb rule. It does not oh. make sense. And what is it that distinguishes this from the rest <laughs> of the rules, Mike? <laughs> This is a dumb rule in a sea of really smart ones. <laughs> My word. <Yeah. laughs> Come on. I just I, Come on, Bernard, would you hey, would you like were you interested in learning about your family crest? <laughs> securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA/SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.